This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here via the Information Superhighway because I am in Cincinnati with Brandon Kelly. Brandon, how are you? I'm really feeling the distance between you and me, Josh. I mean, we're always recording over the interwebs, but uh, now it's your states apart as opposed to just <laughs> avenue blocks. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to affect the sound quality or not. You know, <laughs> What's your setup there uh, in the hotel room? Uh, actually, it's not bad. I've got this. I've got a desk that's like it's like pivoted out, so it's like a, it's kind of like an L-shaped desk. Um, and so I'm just I'm looking. It's kind of the room is kind of depressingly yellow. Okay, <laughs> I'm looking at a very. But you have like a panoramic room. view of the downtown Cincy. No, it's actually it's, I'm on the Cincinnati campus for this this. Uh, you know, no one cares about this, but I, I'm 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 here for a little conference, and so. Uh, but I was lucky enough to actually uh, – the, the, I'm, I'm in a Marriott, and they have NBC Sports. So uh, big ups to Marriott. Uh, feel free to become a sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> so uh, I, watched, I watched the Arsenal match, and uh, uh, it completed a very nice wild card for me, Brandon, I have to say. Uh, anyone, who follows, yeah. anyone who follows us on social media has seen me uh, all, all week sort of you know, wringing my hands over the wild card and, and doing things that I, – you know, I don't often post my team on there. Because uh, I don't have the self-esteem to uh, handle the abuse. You, you open yourself up to a lot of criticism. You do, exactly. But I decided to do it. I wanted to get a little feedback. And I, I have to give a shout-out to Nick Wright, actually, who is um, – uh, he's a, actually, he's a, he's a cheater from the UK, a, a, a fellow – what do we call him? Honorary cheater from the UK. We've um, actually broken bread with Nick exactly. at the yeah. uh, Black Horse Tavern here in Brooklyn. Yeah, and he had well-traveled young man. Yeah, and so the, the benefit of sharing this stuff is you do end up getting feedback that can be very helpful, especially when it's couched the right way, which is 
uh, I need people to be very flattering to me first before they <laughs> before they give feedback. If someone's just like mm-hmm. your team sucks or whatever, that I that I can just dismiss them. But if someone's like, you know what, you're a smart person and you've got a nice team here, <laughs> but I might change this and this, then that that I listen to. It's a little bit like going undercover on social media. Like somebody has to pretend to be your friend in order <laughs> to get invited into your little like motorcycle gang. Exactly. So I finished on 88 points uh, all told. I. Made a made a late move that uh, I decided basically because there was a press conference where um, uh, where Mark uh, not Mark Hughes the Stoke manager Mark Hughes yeah Mark Hughes yeah, thank you yeah uh, where, not John Hughes director of uh, the Breakfast Club right Mark Hughes where Mark Hughes interesting manager of unremarkable Mark Hughes. <laughs> I uh, had a press conference where he said, uh, I don't have any center backs for this weekend. Um, so just be, be be warned, everybody. It was just uh, like, heads up, FYI. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and so, you know, but partially also because Kurt Zuma couldn't play uh, against Chelsea because of injury. So uh, if you're on a wild card and you hear that, it is very hard not to bring in someone from Chelsea. Sure. And the way it worked out, I just thought, you know, I can drop Kane. I can bring in Alvaro Morata. Uh, I can save 2.2 million, and then I can reinvest that 2.2 million into my squad. I really like Chelsea's fixtures coming up. Not really for game week seven because they play Man City, mm-hmm. uh, but, but from game week eight onwards, they're very strong. So yeah, t- we're going to have to yeah. talk about that Chelsea City fixture later on in the podcast because yeah. uh, I think that's very vexing coming off of this game week where both Chelsea and Man City look really delicious. Yep, there's lots so, of. Lots of Chelsea and City questions to come. And in fact, the, the first topic, which we'll get to in just a minute here, is is about premium strikers and what to um, you know what our thoughts are right now. And there's basically five or six you know really good options up front. And and what do you do? If, you know what do you do about them? So so 88 points all told. Um, I had so I, I dropped Kane, which uh, was looking very scary uh, when he scored two goals in the first half of. Uh, yeah, uh, right. Saturday's match. Uh, I did. And you de- decided to go Deli Ali instead of Erickson. Yeah. I still was another. Yeah, I mean, that that kind of pan came out in the wash for you. In that it can't, game. exactly. It turned out okay in the end. Um, so I, I ended up with Deli Ali, uh, who uh, you know can't. I, I you know really the thinking was I I do want to have I want to have a Spurs player for their strong fixtures. Uh, he isn't going to be able to play at the Champions League in midweek, so I thought you know he's kind of a guaranteed starter this weekend and next weekend. Uh, so that was that was why I went with him over Erickson, which was kind of a wash anyway. Uh, uh, Erickson is uh, he was point two more expensive because I, I guess I actually I would have had him at nine point not to get too in the weeds here. I would have had him at nine point mm-hmm. five if I'd kept him, but I'd already dropped him uh, to bring in David Silva. So uh, yeah, in the end, it was I actually had kind of two different working versions of the team, and they ended up on almost the exact same points. I would have had ninety actually if I'd kept the old team. Uh, the old wildcard team, the kind of one that I was working on. But mm-hmm. 88 versus 90, it's all fine. And I like the way my team looks up and down a lot more now. <laughs> At this point of the season, two points is the difference between number one in the world and number yeah. 1.5 million, I think. Yeah, exactly. So I ended up moving – I moved up about 450,000 spots. I, I basically made up all the ground that I lost uh, the week before, uh, and I'm right outside the top 100K right now. So, uh, yeah, very good. How about you? How was your week, Brandon? Uh, my week was – was moderate. I ended up on 68 points. Uh, I was toying around with the idea of holding my transfer, and uh, I would have a, um, Davies, me, and Kyle Naughton in the back. And that was with an eye toward monkeying around with maybe Calvert-Lewin and my strike force 
next week. Mm-hmm. But I made a late game time decision. Uh, if Trevor is out there listening, uh, while we were having a slice of pizza around midnight on Friday night, I actually transferred Mendy in for Kyle Naughton. It was dubbed the pizza transfer. You heard about the <laughs> the pizza tapes? This is the pizza yeah. transfer. How did you have that much money in your bench to go? Or and, and, do you have three million lying around? I had I had two point four million there to get me from Kyle Naughton to Mendy. So okay. which I only needed two million to go. Obviously, from we can all do math, Josh. Four point five to six point five. Sure, sure. <laughs> so I still have point four left in the bank, and. Um, I just figured everyone is going to be bringing in Aguero. Um, I was not going to bring in Aguero. I would have to do the whole hashtag hokey cokey thing and mm-hmm. and drop Lukaku with an eye toward getting him immediately back. That stuff, it looks like it may work out for managers that tried that tactic, um, in, in assuming you didn't have any injuries coming into your squad coming out of this game week. So right. um, I just wanted a little extra Man City um, I don't want to use the, the, the trigger warning, the C word. Um, <laughs> no, but, but you'd, Mendy, either be, you'd either be goals and a pretty good chance of a clean sheet. I mean, yeah, I, I understand the move. Absolutely. So it, it, it became a very unlucky injury after a yellow card. So Mendy ends up on zero points. Uh, the problems I need to solve now would be my midfield with Aaron Moy and, and, and Gross. They're... Mm-hmm. Very, very um, low-caliber midfielders. Calvert-Lewin got the start for me, um, but of course, everyone could have predicted that Nias comes in and gets all the all the attacking points off yeah, of Calvert-Lewin. On, a player who is not even literally listed in the yes. <laughs> on the fantasy game right now. Well, the, the, Kane, the Kane captaincy sort of helped me out. I was feeling pretty good uh, after the first game week or the first fixture but finishing on 68 given how many points were on the table you collected a lot of those goals so how many goals did you end up with that wild card team yeah uh let's see here it would have been um so i had uh i ended up with aguero lukaku and Morata up front so that's that's five goals right there plus an assist uh two assists from alley yeah two assists from alley and uh, a goal from salah so yeah six goals uh three clean sheets uh, and three assists. So yeah. that's that's how you get 88 right there. And I thought that the one move I made that I, I got a little, like a little grief for, I was kind of surprised. I, I brought in Steven Ward from uh, Burnley. And I, I guess like I, it's like I feel like we need to take a moment and like understand why we were all on Ben Me Because uh, is Ben Me even good? Like he's OK. I feel like we've all been there was it was a big Ben Me bandwagon that I jumped on as well. Uh, but I, I did want a Burnley player. And I just thought that that Ward offered a little more attacking threat, Stephen Ward. Um, and so I was lucky enough to get those two, uh, those two extra bonus points from him this week um, on that transfer. And it was just a nice little uh, a nice little additional bonus. He actually almost had an assist, too. So Yeah, Ward uh, does yeah. have an attacking threat, which I like. I mean, definitely more so than Ben Mee, where you're only looking to get goals from him off of set pieces. I was kind of disgusted by his really weak headers in the Liverpool game. <laughs> I was just I think that I, is I know, uncharitable to Ben Mee. It is uncharitable, but man, he's got he's got to thump that header. It was like a little five mile per hour header. I just need a little more pace. I just want him to have a Didier Drogba esque header. One, just one. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, is that too much to ask Ben Mee to do a Champions League extra time getting against Bayern Munich header in every game? 
I don't know. Was that extra time or was it just the end? Was well, that was just, to yeah, get to, yeah. that was to to draw the game. So they went into extra time. That the legendary. Drop I remember game. exactly. Not to get too sidetracked. I remember exactly where I was when when he scored that goal. Remember, we were we were actually in Montauk. We had a big yeah, friend vacation. We <laughs> of course, what everyone does when they go to the beach, they seclude themselves in the basement of their uh, Two of us. beach house rental to watch the Champions League final. Twelve people there, and you and I, yeah, huddled in the basement watching this uh, this Champions League final. It'd be great, you know. It was a great match, so you know, no regrets. Yeah. Well, I mean, just to round round things out, sixty eight will be above average, but given how many points, um, a, a lot of the the big boys that I like to run with were scoring, and I'm on a green arrow, but I don't feel good about this week. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was. I guess in the end, for you know. It's hard to see the scores that are higher and not feel like you could have done a little more. I, I do understand that, but um, it wasn't like it cost you. At least at least you're still climbing up. All right. Speaking of wild cards, Josh, we have a question from Ross McKay. He says, any color on when you guys have used wild cards in previous seasons would be useful. Currently torn between two options, Josh. One, wild card soon and tidy up my defense. Or option number two taking some short-term fixture punts on weekly transfers with a view to wildcarding in the November international break. Or, here's a wild card on the wild card question, Josh. <laughs> Third option, letting it roll until injuries, suspensions inevitably hit the fan. So this is kind of a broad question from Ross about best practices with your wild card. Um, and if I had to just jump in and say something... You're getting close. You're getting into November, close to when you, you get that winter wild card in January. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like just spend it now because if you're going to wait that long, you're just going to have another wild card come into play come January. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Although the way the way it's worked the last couple of years is, you know, you kind of can't use that wild card until March or April. You know, so anytime you use the wild card now, you're basically using that wild card for the next six months or so. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you're kind of like until game week 32 or something, uh, yeah. you know, assuming you want to make the most of those um, you know, double game weeks. So I, I put this question at the top just because it was something I thought about a lot about my wild card team. I had a team that was good enough to exist without a wild card. I mean, you know, I, I would have had a, a decent week regardless, but because uh, I would have kept in Kane if I if I kept with my current team, uh, with my previous team. And I would have had Erickson still, too. Uh, but I think. I just like I I, you know, I just felt like there were a lot of really strong fixtures coming up for teams kind of at the top of the pile and the bottom of the pile. Um, you know, Chelsea, Arsenal. Um, you know, really like their defense. I really liked Arsenal's defensive fixtures. I like Chelsea's long term fixtures a lot. Um, I kind of like some of the Stoke fixtures and Newcastle. Uh, and so I just felt like now now was the time for me to like get everything set up. You know, and I kind of even know some of the moves that I want to make over the next couple of weeks. Like I actually. You know, ben Davies or um, uh, possibly Kolasinic is going to get dropped at some point for a Southampton defender because um, Southampton, like, I feel like we're kind of sleeping on them again. Um, but their fixtures, you know, they have a Stoke match, which could be a difficult match. But after they have Newcastle, West Brom. the evidence of this weekend, my friend. Well, I don't know. I actually thought Stoke looked okay in this match. I mean, I know that, I mean, given their defensive problems, they were always going to lose that match. But I thought they actually, the scoreline made it seem like it was uh, more of a blowout than it really was. So that game was actually pretty close for 65, 70 minutes. Okay. Um, that's how I felt, at least. I mean, I, I watched most of it, and I, I was pretty, um, I, I was not, um, and because you know, Chopamati was my kind of punty 
uh, mm-hmm. midfielder option that I brought in. And I, I actually thought he looked pretty active and he's very tall. He's, he's really, uh, <laughs> I guess he's kind of a, he's kind of a winger, but I know he's plays as a winger and a little, he's, he's kind of playing as a striker at times too. Uh, so we'll see. Chobamantin, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously he's going to be the first player to get cut if things don't work out. But uh, I'm with you I'm on the Southampton him... call, though, um, yeah. because they they seem to have come to life in the last couple of weeks. Lamina yeah. looks like a real force in their yes. midfield. And yes. I don't know if I'm big into bringing him in as an FPL player. Um, I mean, maybe you might consider it. It's, it's like... They're just a team of deep lying players, and they're they're yeah. traditionally or the last the last few seasons been traditionally a defensive team. Yeah, I I, I I'm not interested in them for, as a for, as an attacking option. Oh yeah, like I mean, Lamina is only five million, so um, you know if if you I think all of us have been kind of impressed with Lamina the last couple of game weeks. So as a as a five million option that absolutely nobody's talking about. Like let's say that you're not impressed with Christian Atsu, or you're worried that he's going to get rested again coming off the next international break. Uh, then maybe Lamina is a great option because their next five fixtures, they play uh, they play Stoke away, and then they play Newcastle, West Brom at home, Brighton away, and Burnley at home um, in the, in the next four fixtures after the Stoke fixture. I mean, that could be four clean sheets in a row for, for Southampton. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking at Cedric as an option there. So, um, yeah, so I'd definitely keep an eye out on, on Southampton. So anyway, but to get back to the original question about wildcarding, um, you know, there's no like, there's no one clear answer. I feel like if your team is good enough to survive with one or two moves, you shouldn't wildcard in general. Um, but I, I felt like there was some fundamental like kind of rot in my team. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I really, I really wanted to go with the heavy, with the with the big three man forward line. I really wanted to to weaken my midfield and and, and kind of strengthen my defensive line. And so I'm, I'm really happy with a 4-3-3 structure right now, which is what I've got moving forward. And I really like the rotation that I've got with my four-man defense. And then I've got a – I have Mbemba as my fifth defender. And so, was, you know, assuming he continues to, to start, um, it feels like I, I could even go five at the back at times. Um, so, you know, and I think that's really um, – that's where the trend is right now. But I think it makes a lot of sense because, you know, as you said, you know, even even these players like Moy and um, – Gross. Um, yeah, gross. I mean, gross. You know, he probably actually should have had a goal, <laughs> but though, but Brighton's not going to score a lot of goals anyway, right? So I mean, you know, unless unless he just like takes over the game and has a couple of goals himself, uh, you're not going to get a ton of points from from Gross in any particular game week. Yeah, yeah. Now, w- without a doubt, given the evidence of this weekend with all of these luxury strikers coming through, uh, and I think that's been the trend throughout the first part of the season is that goals. We've had seasons where goals come from the midfield. You've guys, you've got guys like like Mares or when De Bruyne was at the top of his game, or Eden Hazard, Sanchez. All of these goals are coming from strikers. So I definitely see how the four three three makes sense. And if I look at my team, and I'm leaning on guys like Moy and Gross, even though you know, in light of the discussion we were just having about him, the goals aren't really going to consistently come from there. So uh, that I, I totally agree with that formation, the way it looks right now. So, uh, Brandon, uh, let's move on. Uh, always cheating Super League. It is uh, not updated yet, uh, but it does look like FC Barcelona, Ben Kitt, uh, remain in first place. So sorry to anyone in the top 10. We will post it on uh, social media this week. Uh, but the upside is you don't have to hear us mispronounce your name. So it's kind of a... You know, six of one, half done. You know, there's there's there's, there's good and bad here, Brandon. I'll just call it a win. Uh, yeah, we'll just call it a win. 
Uh, Patreon update. Uh, Want to put this at the top of the podcast this week. Uh, our knockout tournament. So this is the the Survivor League that we're starting, and this is a. It's not exactly fantasy related, but the idea is that you um, you pick one team each game week. And um, all you have to do is pick them uh, not to lose. Even a draw is okay. Uh, but once they lose, you are knocked out of the tournament. Uh, that is going to start in game week eight. So that is the first game week after the international break. Uh, so we have uh, game week seven this weekend, and then it'll be two weeks off. And then when we come back, that that uh, knockout tournament is going to start. So anyone who has, uh, who has a... Uh, $3 pledge or above, I will, you're automatically into the Survivor League. Uh, and if you'd like to join the Survivor League, um, go to patreon.com slash always cheating and sign up. Uh, and you also get a lot of really cool features like uh, we, we have free copies of uh, Fantasy Football Magazine that we give out each month to the, uh, the player with the highest uh, score. Which we're doing uh, this week, that, actually. So yeah, we're doing this week, exactly. Yep, so we'll update that next week. Um, and you also get a, a discount on a subscription to Fantasy Football Magazine. Uh, you get into the uh, the Patreon Supporters League, and the winner of that gets invited to appear on the uh, on the podcast. So uh, lots of cool stuff. And once again, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, if you have any questions, you can email us, uh, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Josh, I have a rant of the week, and that's that my midfield stinks. But uh, other people, our <laughs> listeners, have rants. Jonathan, we had so many rants we couldn't even get to them all. So <laughs> apologies to other ranters. Yeah, uh, uh, we were rich in rants this week. Jonathan Pedersen says meltdown of the week! Exclamation point. Alonso sub at the 56 minute and a yellow card. Trippier sub in for Spurs at the 78 minute, and I got both of them. Best part is I got Schindler with nine points. And guess where Schindler was for Jonathan Josh? Uh, captained <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> Almost, the almost bench. the clear opposite of of, of captain. So uh, that yeah, is some that bad is luck for Jonathan. That is that is a bad luck. Uh, Nicholas O also had a rant. Did Ali plus Chicharito to Richie plus Jesus last weekend on minus four? How many bottles you reckon it'll take to get over that one? So Ali coming in with yeah. two assists, Chicharito with a goal, and he trades that in for zero points from Jesus and Richie ended up on two points, I think. Uh, yep, two points. You can at least see how Newcastle is really, really leaning on Richie um, in their attack. He's he's serving up all the dead balls. I mean, John Joe Shelby even sure. came on and started taking corner kicks, and at some point everyone was like, you know, we liked it better when Richie was taking them. Thanks a lot, John Joe. <laughs> yeah, I think that if you're going with a 4-3-3, which, which is, say, four defenders, three midfielders, three forwards, as your FPL lineup, I think Richie at six million is a great option. Um, I actually probably would have gone for him. I, I was point too short of bringing in Richie, so uh, I do. I, yeah, so I think he's um, he's a good option. I, I like him a little more than Atsu. I know that the stats, you know, the stats make it seem like Atsu and Richie are performing about the same. But you know, just given like you said that he's on so many dead balls, I think that uh, long term uh, the one million is probably worth it for Richie. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt, one more rant. FPL mosquito. I transferred out Murata. And Chicharito before this game week for a minus four. A lot of minus fours going into this game week. Yeah. And uh, FPL Mosquito also brought in Jesus, and he took a punt on Rashford. Now, would you would you even get close to considering uh, Marcus Rashford in your FPL side? Is that recommended? Well, yeah, I would consider it, but I wouldn't have considered it before an away match to Southampton. Yeah, I think that game sort of... There were a lot of games that panned out as predicted this weekend, none so more than 
the United-Southampton game where it was sort of a defensive battle and Lukaku came out with... Well, the one thing I wouldn't have predicted was bonus points for Lukaku. So that was a miracle yeah. of all miracles. Yeah, ga- game-winning goal. You know, the game-winning goal always gives you a couple extra points. Yeah, uh, yeah I know. I, yeah, I moved from uh, De Gea to Phil Jones, which I was kind of nervous about. But then I ended up with uh, with nine points from Jones. So Yeah, that was a good uh, move. And Jones is just skyrocketing yeah. in value. I think if you're even having an inkling that you want Jones into your squad, now's the time to get him. Uh, because his yeah, price he was is just, just he was gonna continue yeah, rising. Ex- exactly, he's point four cheaper, and he looks like he's pretty locked into that squad. He's having a very good season, and I mean, Phil Jones is always you know he's been highly rated for. I mean, going back to when he was like you know what nineteen or twenty. So, yeah, Alex Ferguson uh, claimed sure he was the future of the club. Yeah, exactly, and so I mean, yeah, they just talk about him as like a possible captain of the English national team, you know, which seems really funny now, but um, <laughs> we're all laughing. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, so. Um, yeah, and the the Murata and Chicharito thing that 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 smells of a of an early like maybe a frustration transfer uh, the weekend before, uh, you know, because I think by I think by Friday Murata was a player everyone was trying to bring in. Uh, just at least I, I don't know I don't know how you felt about this. I, I don't know if Murata was really on your radar at all, but uh, just knowing that there was you know no defenders on Stoke. Uh, yeah, <laughs> really I mean, it, definitely. If you had that transfer to play going into Friday, and with that information. I think people still had a few questions about Chelsea going into the Stoke match, just at the, the caliber of team. I mean, not necessarily the caliber of the team. They're the uh, league winners last season. They've got a, a, a host of world-class players. But they've kind of like not mentally looked all there, and Murata's still getting bedded, bedded in, even though he's he's been consistently scoring goals for them. Uh, and given the Man City match coming up next week, I mean, count me among these managers, I was just kind of biding my time with Chelsea. And now it's, it's Murata and Aspilicueta are the superheroes coming out of this match, and I think we'll field a yeah. few questions about Chelsea defense as much as we will about Murata. It's it's like almost it's kind of weird how I mean I know the hat trick really changes things but you know even before then I mean now now through six game weeks now he's on six goals two assists and eight bonus points I mean that is that is pretty extraordinary so that is that is a total of forty eight points uh, and that's actually four more points than Lukaku uh, Lukaku's on forty four so despite the fact that Lukaku has absolutely dominated FPL conversation uh, Murata now granted again the hat trick definitely skews things a little bit but. Uh, even without that, they would be uh, really close in points, and he's you know he's still only ten point. Did, has he gone up in price? Yeah, he's still only ten point two million. So he sort of had shook over the weekend, and has still not gone up at all in price, which is he's, um, he's, kind of insane. He's pegged to go up in price tonight, as we're recording is on he? Monday evening. So he should be ten point three okay. by the time this podcast goes out. Right, and having the you know playing Man City the next game week uh, does does skew things a little bit. Brandon, that brings us right into the key question after game week six, which is that when every striker is scoring, uh, what do you do? What strikers do you need? Who do you want? Let's you know, if you could build your perfect front three right now, who would it contain? Uh, so the first question, which I think kind of sets the table here, is from Vlad Bogos. Uh, he says, "I still have my wild card." Uh, he says, not because I'm good this season, but simply because I feel that the dust is not settled yet. If I were to be bold and, and try a, a triple premium striker bundle, who should I go for? And I, I would argue that's not even necessarily that bold at this point. Uh, he says, who should I go for? Murata, Lukaku, Kane, Aguero, Jesus, and Lacazette. Uh, so here we go, Brandon. This is the question. These, yeah. You have these six <laughs> strikers. How do <laughs> if I you pick could, three? If, 
Yeah. You ever go? How, to, how do you pick three? You ever go to those um, those big Chinese restaurant buffets where you know they've got the great spread of all the savories, but then you get to the dessert cart and it's just like twenty desserts and they all look equally delicious. Um, <laughs> and how do you choose? That's kind of how I feel about looking at all these strikers. So yeah. we can say uh, who who has significant drawbacks. Definitely, Jesus here was the big loser this week because he didn't get any minutes. Therefore, he can't score any goals. But um, between Murata, Lukaku, Kane, Aguero, and Lacazette, they all had double returns. Aguero had uh, a goal and an assist, so I guess he comes out a little short here. It's important to know that Lacazette's on pens because I don't think we necessarily knew that. Uh, he took a penalty while uh, San- Sanchez yes. is still on the pitch. And it was a beautifully taken penalty. Uh, Penalty. This it's a tale of two penalties. I think we'll touch upon Jamie Vardy shortly here, but the Jamie we we had been lauding Jamie Vardy's penalty penalty taking technique. See if we put that if we put Vardy's uh, PK technique next to Lukaku's, the sort of the deft un- uncertainty of Lukaku next to the sh- sheer will and determination of Vardy. <laughs> now Vardy s- smash it down the middle. Finally caught up with him. Uh, yeah, the league finally caught up to it. <laughs> yeah. But Lacazette <laughs> just tucked it mwah, so beautifully, like Italian chef uh, fingers smacking against lips. And um, he un- is a really he is a fun player to watch. I mean, his anticipation is incredible. I mean, the, how many times? I feel like almost all of his goals have been scored in kind of a okay, not not kind of the pen, obviously, but have all three of his other goals been scored in kind of the poachery way? I feel like. The first goal he scored this season for Leicester was kind of that way, and well, it was not. Uh, that wasn't a poacher's goal. He was. I mean, he was on the was last on a free defender. Kick? Yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. Um, okay. So my my point does not stand. But anyway, the the point is, <laughs> I, like I your loved point. his. It's not true, but it's not it's not a true point. Yeah. Okay. I'll just make a point, which is that the first goal he scored today was a beautiful goal. Uh, it was. Yes. Just the way that he just, you know, the ball comes in, it ricochets out the post, and he beats every. I mean, people hadn't even moved from their, like, <laughs> the other defenders, like, hadn't even moved their feet yet. And he was already, like, two steps in. As and, if like, Scotty from the Starship Enterprise just beamed him there. And there he was. <laughs> yeah. He's just a fun player to watch. He's really active and uh, he's got really good form. I mean, his head in, he's, for a guy who's, like, 5'9, his form on headers is really strong. I mean, it's bullet headers. Well, and speaking of, one of the shorter guys on this list, I guess there are a lot of short guys on this list, but Aguero continues to score goals with his head. Which is uh, Mohamed Salah too. Yeah, all these all these <laughs> short guys. Uh, I mean, maybe people are just kicking the ball higher than the modern game, Josh. People are just kicking, crossing the ball higher, and these short guys have to use their heads <laughs> instead of their feet. So, okay, so it's kind of tricky, I think, to okay, because fixtures have to be a consideration here, right? You have to weigh the fixtures a little bit when you consider these these players. Uh, and there's actually – there's not an easy answer even when you look at it that way. Uh, I think that, you know, I mean, Arsenal have a couple of good fixtures coming up, but then they play uh, Everton away, which could be tricky. They play Man City away. Um, Spurs have a couple of easy fixtures, but they also have some really difficult Champions League fixtures coming up too. And there is maybe a little concern about, about getting tired there. I, I don't know. I mean, the Champions League is always such a wild card. It's hard to really know how much to weigh it, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, does, it does seem like it's hurting Jesus more than any of these players. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, losing, I mean, losing that uh, Crystal Palace home fixture is it's pretty devastating if you're a 
I don't want to go. I don't want to go too over the top here. But if you're a Jesus owner and you miss out on that fixture, that is just a huge loss. Um, and <laughs> All really, those really, gold really bonuses unlucky. that you could have been cashing in. Yeah, I'm not trying to make them feel any worse, but I'm just saying it was very unlucky. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of bad luck this weekend, really. I mean, the, you know, the, I, also part of, you know, watching that Chelsea game, you know, I almost brought in Marcus Alonso. And it was, you know, so he, he basically he gets fouled and he gets really upset. Uh, and then kind of in revenge, he like picks up a yellow card like 30 seconds later. And he is just like, he is like, his face is on, like, he is so angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, <laughs> there was so much anger on his face that I think Conte thought, you know, there's, there's like another red card coming here. And so he, he pulled him from the match, uh, basically to stop him from getting a red. Uh, but you know, the, you know, but because of the yellow and because it was the 58th minute, I said 59th minute, but, you know, that, that sub was actually announced at, like, the 57th minute. I was watching that game. So, uh, but, yeah, really bad luck regardless. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, Trippier coming in was bad luck. It was just a lot of – I can understand why there were a lot of rants this week. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's get back to this premium striker question. I wanted to make a quick point about Murata in light of his hat trick. And I was talking earlier about still trying to suss out the sort of the um, – the uh, the state of things at Chelsea. The one thing we learned about Murata this weekend um, was it, I am assured by Murata now because the goals he had scored have all been with his head, right? He hadn't scored a single yeah. goal for Chelsea with his feet. He comes yeah. out and he scores a hat trick, um, each one of them beautifully taken with his feet. Yeah, so different now, goals each time. Yeah. Right, so he's different styles of goals. He's proven he's a he's a multifaceted striker, right? He, everything you, everything <laughs> yeah. you could want. I think any questions that you had about Murata, like the uh, second goal that he scored, just like beat the defender out and out for pace, tucked it into the corner. Um, the the first goal he scores shows that he has he's able to time his runs re- really well. In addition to yeah. his teammates actually yeah. looking for those runs, so Murata is the star for me in this lineup above Kane, above Lukaku, above Aguero and the, the Jesus getting rested for an entire 90 minutes. I don't know if that concerns anyone about Aguero as well. Just Pep's, um, his not, not that we need to dwell on this anymore, but his penchant for just, just sitting guys randomly for entire matches. Does that give you any pause about Aguero that he'll get the same treatment down the line? How can you not, right? Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you have to feel like. But with Aguero, I mean, the the thing is, yeah, like, do I think over the next four or five fixtures he's going to get rested once? I I do. Um, I definitely do. Uh, I mean, they play Stoke and Burnley back to back in game weeks eight and nine. Uh, you know, he's, he's pro- he'll probably get rested for one of those two. Uh, but you know, he can always come out in the second half. I mean, it's it's rare that he's not going to make the eighteen at all. Um, I don't think I don't expect him to get rested. You know, two matches in a row at any point. So. Um, you know, bringing him in was just, that was worth, I mean, you know, if you're bringing him in for a hit, I, it's more of a concern, but if you can just bring him in, uh, then I think it's, um, I think it's fine to, to maybe lose one game week. There was a comment from Pep earlier today. He was doing his champions league press conference and the subject of Jesus came up. This is, could be taken slightly out of context cause I didn't see the whole interview, but, uh, people are asking him about Jesus and how he didn't get any minutes against Crystal Palace. And Pep says, Jesus is great. We love him. He helps Aguero to score goals, which I thought was such an <laughs> odd thing to say and very yeah. threatening in terms of 
of FPL managers who have taken Jesus in. If he's helping Aguero like a, score goals. Yeah, it feels like such a turn. I mean, you know, this is this is the same Aguero who Pep was basically bringing on the off the bench last year uh, when Jesus was kind of emerging as a as a top striker. You know, in the last last winter. So uh, yeah, I guess that? the knee injury to the knee injury to Jesus is like changed. He he Wally pipped himself by accident. So. <laughs> Would you say uh, this about Aguero? Like Aguero, truly, the last month or so looks like old Aguero, and I'm starting to wonder if there was something last season mentally with Aguero where he was a little concerned about his his place in the hierarchy with a new manager coming in and a manager like Guardiola, and Aguero's finally just become comfortable again, and now, and and Pep was just sort of waiting and coaching that to happen, and now here we are. That's that's sort of a theory I'm cultivating. All right. So if you were on a wild card right now, would you go with a big three forward line, or would you go still with a with two bigs and then maybe one cheaper option, a Jamie Vardy, uh, uh, Firmino, you know, whomever? I just don't think you can justify it right now because there is no one in the midfield that is really consistently. Firing. You can justify a non-big three option. Yeah, that is. I mean, if you yeah. go big three up front, you can still fit a heavy hit, one, at least one heavy hitting midfielder in there. And you know, you can talk about Mohamed Salah or Christian Eriksen, these guys who have been consistently posting numbers in the midfield. Going big up top still affords you one of those guys, and that's really all you need. I mean, who else in the midfield is doing the business right now? I agree. I mean, I I have a big three right now, and I still have Salah and uh, and Ellie in my midfield, and I have you know three premium defenders as well. So um, I, I definitely think that you can do it. Um, and you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, you have to cut in some places. You know, it's, you can't. Well, Kane, it's hard to have Kane was like the David issue. Was it? He was the key, was it not to cut? Kane? He, he was really the key. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just bringing him out was was what allowed me to strengthen my my midfield. And now, granted, you know, I, I actually could have had uh, Silva for even less. Um, I, I feel like there's still more goal threat from Ali. Um, yeah, God, he, I really feel like he actually should have scored in yesterday or in uh, Saturday's match. I felt like he was. Yeah, he was he, through he on goal, and that was what head. led to Kane's second. Is uh, yeah, it was just Ex- a really great save by um, by Joe Hart, and it put. Well, I mean, it was a not a great save because he put it right into Harry Kane's path, but uh. <laughs> but it was yeah. I mean, Ellie looked he was he was free a lot, but I, I, he seemed a little tired to me. I don't know, you know, you know. I know he played ninety minutes. Uh, he does have a tendency week. to trail off, uh, you know, around the seventy fifth minute. So okay, so yeah, and if you had if okay, so if you had uh, just two, uh, which two would you want? I guess uh, that's that's a really tough question to answer. It is it is a tough one. It's almost impossible. I think Murata and Lukaku seem like the must at the moment, and that's. Uh, I mean, I don't want to do a total one eighty on Harry Kane after he scores a brace, and I've stuck with him this this whole time. But the 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 way Spurs kind of collapsed a bit against West Ham, and yeah. given all the issues that they're having at Wembley, Kane is I'm just like the the bad vibes are starting to take over my FPL brain with Harry Kane. Yeah. The, the problem with Kane is that you have to feel like so Kane right now is two point three million more than Murata. So if you bring in Harry Kane, or let's say you're wildcarding and you have Kane over Murata. You you think that you're getting 2.3 million more in value from him, which is 
Well, I mean, what does that translate into? That's like a a goal a week or something like that. I mean, two point three million is a ton when we're talking about. And I mean, it's not a goal a week. I still feel like okay, someone who's like really statistically inclined. If you can explain to me how many points each, like point five million in value, like what it should translate into per game week <laughs> or over a ten, you know, it's because I think about this a lot with Aspilqueta and uh, Alonso and this question of. You know, how many more points do you need for Marcus Alonso over a stretch of time to justify the 0.5 million? I feel like it's a very difficult question to answer. Somebody needs to start a Twitter account called FPL Benchmark. I think that's right. what we need. Exactly. Yeah. So because, I mean, what? Well, how much more do you need from Kane for 2.1 million? It feels to me like quite a lot, given given how many sacrifices you have to make elsewhere with that 2 million, right? I mean, that's the difference between a... I mean, this is between a you know a, a premium between Kyle Walker and Kyle Naughton. You know, I mean, it's a it's a huge. <laughs> I see what you did difference. there. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's it's a big difference. So I uh, yeah. I do think that you, you you might be better off with someone like with with a Murata, Lukaku, uh, Aguero front line, um, and and not have Kane. I mean, like I said, I think there's a good argument, especially for the next two game weeks. Uh, I mean, they're home to Brighton next week, and I expect him to play, and I expect him to probably score. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I would I would put out there Lukaku, Murata, Kane as my preferred front three, only just because of the pain and anguish that having Aguero or Jesus will cause you. And Lacazette is somewhere near the bottom for me, though. Even uh, you know, watching a lot of that West Brom Arsenal game today, they looked really good. Arsenal Arsenal looks like a really organized team. They look. It's like night and day from the team we saw the first I know. two game weeks. All, all, all of a sudden, I guess they were a little, they were shaky at times in the, first, the defensively in the first half. Uh, yeah, I, I, were they? Sh- I mean, they were a little shaky. I mean, they probably should have got called for a penalty. Uh, they did pick it up. I mean, the second half they dominated West Brom. I mean, yeah. <laughs> everyone was so tired. I, I feel like that was a very physical match because I don't know if you're watching that at all, but the last ten minutes nobody was running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, no. West Brom would win the ball, and even they were like, ah, screw it. Yeah. The, the thing with Lacazette, though, is just that the goals are coming from everywhere, or the attack is coming from everywhere on that Arsenal team. And yeah. Lacazette, he's sort of relying on, I mean, I guess all strikers rely on being at the right place, right time. That is a skill. But um, last thing I would say, pointing at Murata, Lukaku, and Kane, these are the three guys on this list who are the lone strikers in their teams. There is not a replacement right. for Murata. I mean, Bachuay is just not a replacement. There is he's no a, replacement for He's a great player, him. but it doesn't Correct. seem like in Conte's eyes he's a replacement. Yeah. I mean, even if Zlatan comes back, I don't see him taking Lukaku's minutes away from him. There's, and the, there's and no the way. Yeah. There's no way Zlatan's back until January anyway. So, I mean, you know, let's 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 worry about Zlatan in, like, 15 or 16 game weeks. You know, there's really no, there's no point in even worrying about that right now. Yeah. So if you have Murata, Lukaku, Kane, it's a huge outlay, but you know, these guys are playing 90, if not like at least 80, every single game week for you. Yeah. And just, you know, we didn't talk about Lukaku very much, you know, for the move said, should game week seven be the last for Lukaku? Uh, you know, because Lukaku's home on uh, Game Week 7. I mean, I, I still hold, and I've said this many times in the podcast, I will stay consistent on this, that I, I think that Lukaku is, you know, a potential season keeper, a player that I plan to have in my squad the entire season. I mean, this guy has scored six goals in six game weeks. He is, you know, he is the dominant creative force on the first or second best team in the league. And I, I, let's call them the second best team right now, because Man City are absolutely destroying people. Uh, on the second best team in the league, and 
I, I just think that, you know, I, I just think that Mourinho is going to play him the full 90 as, as often as possible. That being said, I actually think that there's a chance of some rotation at the Crystal Palace game. I think that Marcus Rashford could actually get the start uh, as a lone striker. So I'm just going to sow that seed of doubt right now. <laughs> no way that happens. There's no way. Lukaku has we'll never re- been rested a single minute in his career. <laughs> I do. I, okay. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying there's like a 25% chance that Lukaku gets rested. Okay. So All Lukaku, right. yeah, Murata, Lukaku, and actually I would keep the same forward line I have right now. Murata, Lukaku, Of course you would. You're coming off line. 88 points. I know. You're right. But I, but I, but do you, do you, would you disagree? Um, I mean, just for, just for the points that I made in it, that, that Kane has nailed and there's just funny business right. going on up, up top for Man City with rotation and. Sure. I mean, Aguero looks to be in far better form than Harry Kane right now. I can't argue that, but um, this is FPL. All right, so let's move down a, a couple rungs in the forward line. Let's talk about Roberto Firmino. i uh, got a few questions here. Uh, Tom Adams says, uh, Firmino replacements, is Vardy the only logical choice? Uh, Uppercut Panda says, um, are we sleeping on Firmino? Uh, excellent game week, 10 through 19 fixtures. Mane is back. Uh, pens and a falling price. Uh, Ian Wilson says, with Mane back, can we expect game week one, one to three Firmino, or will Coutinho mess that up? And then our old friend Dave Wagner-Lodell says, Wayne Firmino replacements, Joe Salou, is he about to break out or about to be benched? Uh, Brandon, if we take the last question first, uh, Joe Zalou is a Dusan Tadic figure. <laughs> <laughs> he looks great, the stats are there, and he just, he, he can't aim or something. I, I can't explain it. You know, they he should really didn't... call him... Uh... Don't son Tadich instead of do son. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't. I don't <laughs> understand that. I refuse to accept that as a joke. Yeah, Josselu is, uh, he's a bit of a joke. I mean, um, <laughs> Jokesalu. He's Jokesalu. <laughs> I, I don't get that. I mean, I don't get any. That Newcastle team is kind of weird, to be honest. I mean, I, I've never liked Dwight Gale either, but, uh, um, I like. I've always. I've liked Dwight Gale going back to his Crystal Palace days. I, I am a Dwight Gale fan, and I don't know why he scored like fifty goals in the championship, and it's not like I feel like he hasn't really had a chance. I don't know. I, did he start the first couple game weeks? It feels like it feels like he has not had like a real chance to to show his stuff in the in the top. In the yeah, top that league. may be. But speaking of Firmino, um, Uppercut Panda, who mentions when Mane gets back, it's it's clear. This is no secret that. Liverpool are just a different team when Mane is in the side. And I would right. argue this, that um, yes, they will look much better when Mane is back, which in, to my mind means you should be thinking about getting Mane, not Firmino. Uh, yeah, or, or just or Salah, who seems like he's scoring every single game week. And, mm-hmm. you know, he just sure, gets his it, goal every week. Yeah, my point exactly. Get the guys who will... Will be scoring. I mean, I, for Firmino was scoring when Mane was in the field, so I can see the argument there. But um, we we just got done talking about loading up as much as you can in the front three, and a guy on the form that Firmino Firmino is right now, uh, you can't recommend him. Yeah, you, you can't recommend him. Although uh, there were some questions over the weekend about about a Firmino to Murata move. I don't think I would make that before the Man City match. I think I would. I think I would hold Firmino. I mean, with with Mane back, he should be playing as a central. Uh, you know, as a not that they really have a striker in their formation, but he should play as, as you know he should play, be playing more centrally. And I think that uh, I would rather have Firmino away to Newcastle than Murata at home to Ban City. 
Yeah, well, with the form that uh, DeAndre Yedlin is in right now, Josh, I don't know about that. <laughs> it just has an isolated one-week fixture. I mean, I still much prefer Murata, but yeah, it's an isolated yeah. one-week fixture, yeah. You prefer for, um, for me now. I prefer Firmino. And, you know, Vardy I like a lot, too. I mean, it, you know, really, I mean, he's, yeah, we probably would be talking to him a lot more if he didn't have his penalty saved. Yeah, right? had, he, had he made that. He had 13 points. Yeah. For sure. Uh, that's like a season-transforming moment for Liverpool. I mean, if, if he makes that and they blow another huge lead, uh, just it feels like the season would almost be over for them. And, and I'm not, maybe they just can't win the league at all anyway because they just refuse to to buy any more defenders in the offseason. I mean, <laughs> no, can, that, can that, you win the league with 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 Moreno and Montip and and you know Trent Alexander Arnold, who's what like 18 years old? I, mean, just, I don't. Can it? Is that going to work? I, I do. I do agree. If if and and it was almost like the commentators and the. The the game itself was just willing Liverpool to at least come out with a, or at best come out with a draw. So I was shocked yeah. they were able to to hang on to that. Hold on, we mentioned it before, but that solid goal was so beautiful too. It was. <laughs> you're just you're just reliving <laughs> all your greatest wild card moments during this episode. I don't mean I to. It. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a coincidence that a lot of good goals happened with players in my. Yeah, you know, you know, I was just I, I really it was a it was a very successful wild card run. I need a little. Hey just, man, still, it's, it hats off to you. In, you know, yeah, exactly. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna suffer when I have a bad game week, I'm gonna enjoy the good game week because otherwise it's just all suffering. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've known you for a long time, Josh. I know the I know the deal. Um, yeah, okay, I, I do like I do like Vardy. Um, that's a differential uh, at this. Well, I don't know if sure. we want to qualify it as a differential, but I'd say he's definitely not top of my list. But if you're if you have enough cash to upgrade the Calvert Lewins of this world just to yeah. a Jamie Vardy and not to a Marotta, I see no reason I mean, to not do that. Sure. And you've got to love uh Bournemouth, West Brom, Swansea in the next three. Uh and even Everton at home in game week ten, Stoke away in game week eleven. I mean, he's he's got just a nice run of strong fixtures to come. Um, you know, Coutinho is the one player we didn't talk about. I, I mean it, this was, in theory, a striker discussion, but uh, Coutinho at eight point eight million. The one, the one cool thing about the Coutinho thing was, uh, so my wife is um, just sort of, you know, walking around the house or whatever, and that free kick comes up, um, and I said, Kate, you got to come watch this because he is going to score a goal on this free kick. He like never misses <laughs> on a free kick, and she walked over, and the second she walked over, he scored a goal on that free kick. Wow, does your wife think just, you have just, like kinetic telekinetic powers now? Like I, if it were possible, I would have I would have run to my bank, withdrawn all the money, bet everything I could <laughs> on him scoring a goal there, because I was so certain. I mean, he just given given the ball that he played into Salah for the first goal, uh, I just thought, uh, oh yeah, Coutinho's Coutinho's back. I mean, at eight point eight million, he is a fantastic wild card option. I would definitely look at him if I were wild card. Yeah, same old Coutinho. There could have been more for him. I thought. Um... I thought that Leicester City was pretty good at blocking all of his, you know, bazooka cannon shots from outside the 18. But had they not yeah. blocked as many as they had, uh, I mean, he's just got such an amazing outside shot. So he's he's still looking to take those same old Coutinho shots. There are many goals to come for him. Yeah, but he looked a lot better than he did in the Burnley match the week before. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, Brett, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to uh, we're gonna do a lightning round of uh, the remaining questions for this game week, heading into game week seven. 
All right, Josh, let's take a quick minute to talk about our friends at Starting Eleven, which is a new daily fantasy app that you can download for your iPhone or Android phone. Just go to the uh, Apple uh, App Store or the Google Play Store, download it there, or find more information at Starting Eleven, Starting One One dot io. Josh, this is a daily fantasy game which you can play whenever the Premier League has at least three fixtures running. And the cool thing, the new features that Starting Eleven is bringing into the uh, the fantasy realm is we've got no budget, right? So any players mm-hmm. that you, you can't afford in your regular FPL squad, this is your opportunity to just field a full 11, full of these studs. Uh, you also can make any changes, any swaps to your Starting Eleven side when the team sheets are announced. You can just mix things up in case the players you initially put in aren't going to be uh, starting for their teams. And then, what's more, the best feature about Starting Eleven are the three live in-game substitutions that you can make, which makes you feel like a real manager. Have you experienced this this feeling, Josh, of like you're on the sidelines, yeah. like you are Pep Guardiola? It actually is very satisfying. Uh, playing a couple head-to-head matches in the last few weeks where I've been able to just you know take off someone who's been kind of garbage and uh, and bring on another player and if they actually do well uh it is very satisfying and uh yeah i know i need we need to start playing for a little uh a little scratch on the side branded a little, little, little cashola know. absolutely yeah exactly i think the site itself is going to be rolling out some 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 options soon but just you know until then i think you and i need to start uh you know, we used to throw dice in the backyard, but maybe now it's time to uh, <laughs> you know, throw throw down some 20s. Sure. And, and speaking of challenges, we're doing something with Starting Eleven here at Always Cheating, where you, the listener, can challenge the cheaters. So the way you challenge somebody through the Starting Eleven app is with their email address. So just hit me and Josh up on a direct message, either on Twitter or Facebook, or send us an email at hailcheaters.com. At gmail.com. I think that's our email address. And uh, we'll set up the challenge, and then you can see who's better. Exactly. So uh, we've challenged a ton of people already this season, and uh, we'll definitely be doing it uh, this weekend, uh, even though it's my daughter's first birthday. How's that for commitment, Brandon? Wow. Challenge now, Josh granted, on his daughter's birthday. Yeah, granted, I will not be watching any of these games until about eight hours later. Uh, when my so in America, the one thing one thing that's cool, so I, you know, they it's kind of well, I don't want to get too off track here, but they rolled out a new service this year uh, called NBC Gold, which is it's kind of annoying because you're paying fifty bucks for what you used to get for free, but you do get these full match replays there, and it is kind of satisfying to just go through and actually watch an entire match. Oh, for uh, sure. And you can, and speed up uh, through a couple, uh, you know, boring, boring moments in a game or whatever. And uh, but it's 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 a nice way to watch a compressed match. Yeah. Well, it, say it is your daughter's birthday, but you still want to make your live substitutions. The Starting Eleven <laughs> app will actually send you push notifications yeah. when your players don't get do what I'm. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. so anyway, yeah. Be a better man than me. Make those live subs. Yeah. We want it. We want your challenges. So hit us up and uh, also check out Starting Eleven. It is one of the most beautifully designed sports apps I've used in a long time. Like the, the kits have this really appealing color palette and it's just, it's really fun and easy to use. So again, go to starting 11.io for more information. Download that app today. All right, Brandon, on to the lightning round. Uh, tons of questions this game week, and we're, we're going to the longs. So we're going to lightning round the rest of these questions. Uh, the rule for the lightning round is no more than 30 seconds per answer. Okay. Okay. Ready for this, Brandon? I'm ready. 
and then we got we got a hold of this, so we should really, you know, we got to have that timer ready. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, Michael De Pietro, longtime friend of the pod and a Patreon supporter, says, "Is Sala a must own now?" Uh, I, I have no reason to say he's not. He is the uh, he is the seemingly the focal point of that Liverpool attack at this point. Four goals in six matches, uh, including two assists. That's a must own to me. He is basically a forward who is priced as a nine point one million midfielder, and uh, yeah, he's fantastic. His his aggression is really what makes him a must own player. Or, or near when I was building my wildcard team, there was absolutely no incarnation of my wildcard that didn't have Mo Salah in it. That's how that's how much faith I have in him. All right, FPL Penguin asks, looking ahead, Hazard Mane differentials. Any opinions on these two blokes? Yeah, uh, I'm surprised that Hazard is still getting uh, the slow rollout. I do think that will end eventually. I mean, I, I certainly expect him to start uh, in the um, in the, the City Spurs game uh, this coming Saturday. Uh, yeah, I think that they're both great differentials. Um, I mean, what is Mane's ownership must have fallen below 20% at this point, right? It was getting pretty high there. I, mean, I think it was at 30 oh. when he got the uh, suspension. Yeah, he's currently uh, yeah, he's, um, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, I looked it up, too. He's at 10.9% right now, so uh, definitely. I mean, I don't know. What, what do we call differential? Under 15% ownership? I suppose that's fair. I mean, in, in this world of Lukaku ownership being, you know, almost at 60%, that, that <laughs> right. does feel like a differential to me. Yeah, it's as if Conte is beta testing Hazard right now. Um, it's, it's a bit confusing. Uh, yeah. word Who would pop- you have of those two? Uh, definitely Mane. I mean, Mane is... I mean, just to qualify the Hazard thing, I mean, anyone who's played FPL for multiple seasons, even when Hazard is, is like the player of the season, he is, he's just really difficult to own as an FPL asset. He's very streaky. He, he can't really perform away from home. So uh, yeah. I just feel better with Mane in my lineup. Yeah, and I just I, I like I'm gonna have Murata, so I don't think I need Hazard. I feel like that yeah, there's the better value is with Murata, but um yeah, you know, Hazard makes a lot of sense too, uh, once he's into form, but it does seem like his minutes are being managed carefully. Yeah. All right, more Chelsea questions. FPL Doctor looking ahead, time to load up on City Chelsea. Which three would you pick from both? Wow, that is a tough question. Uh how about I take City and you take Chelsea? Okay. What do you think about that? Okay. Uh Okay, so if I could only have three players on City, but let's say I had to have three players on City, uh, I would pick uh, I would pick Aguero, I would pick uh, David Silva, and I would pick Nicolas Otamendi, the player who's most likely to actually play uh, most most game weeks uh, in their defense. Okay, so on Chelsea, I would go Morata, obviously, given all this discussion. Um, Perhaps recency bias on Aspilicueta, but we've talked many times about how Caesar is an incredible bonus magnet, and yeah, linking up well with Morata. Yeah, he. I mean, I think he may have benefited slightly when Alonso was taken off. He was he was getting a little farther forward, but at six point five, he hasn't seen any price rises. I think that's still really good value for Aspilicueta. The third pick on Chelsea, if you've already covered the defense and. Murata's the striker. That's a really tricky one. Um, Fabregas not getting the start this week makes him a little trickier proposition. Uh, I think I'd maybe double up with Alonso and... and Yeah, yeah, I guess that's that's the easy way out. And I think that's smart. Given when the fixtures also switch over for Chelsea, like all green starting in game week eight, I think defense is, is 
really nice there. So uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like a, I'd like at least a defender from that team at some point. It was interesting that Cahill was what came on late, but um, there are so many defensive odd. options there now. They, <laughs> Christensen, Rudiger, um, Zappacosta. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Louise when he comes back, it would be nice if Louise price dropped a little more uh, while he was because his ownership is actually pretty high, and if he was. He's actually he's at five point nine now. If he was if he follows just a little more before he comes back from suspension, he's a good option there. I mean, you might not be able to get a starting Chelsea defender for like five point seven million. All right, so I think we 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 broke the rules going over thirty seconds there, but we did also cover Leo Howell and Slim Shady's questions, both asking about Chelsea defense. So yep. uh, I mean, Slim Shady does ask the interesting question. Take thirty seconds on this, Josh: Hazard or Morata? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I talked about this a minute ago. I I, I think that Murata is slightly better value. Um, you know, Hazard, it just is he even on pens anymore. I, I'm not sure. You know, he's kind of his minutes are getting managed very carefully. I feel like Murata is uh, is is the better option there. Um, and I mean, until we and Hazard is such a frustrating player to own anyway. I mean, as anyone who's had Hazard the last few years knows, I mean, it's it's all boomer bust. You know, you have. You can have long stretches of five, six game weeks where he doesn't do anything. Uh, and then, you know, he'll have two game weeks in a row where he scores like six total goals. You know, f- he'll score five in one game and then have a goal and three assists in the next. And you're like, how did Hazard just get 47 points in the last two game weeks? Uh, and then we all bring him in and then he blanks for like four weeks in a row. So, uh, yeah, Murata just it seems like he – I mean, the fact that he can score, as you said earlier in the podcast, so many different ways – uh, as part of what makes him um, really appealing, and I um, mean, he's got like the best head in the Premier League. We're talking about headed goals, that guy is <laughs> that guy's amazing. I'm, I'm shocked he's such a good header of the ball because his his head itself just seems a little too uh, perfect, symmetrical. It doesn't look like he's yeah, spent a lot of time banging his head against things. But there you go. Yeah, exactly. His hair looks very well coiffed. <laughs> uh, Rayback says, "Am I insane for thinking of benching Alonso this week against the unstoppable rhinoceros that is Manchester City?" Uh, I mean, this 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 matchup is kind of confounding to me as well, and I think there will be more goals than clean sheets. That's that's for certain. But do you have a guy? Do you have Alonzo, a defender that's seven million plus in your team, just to put him on the bench? His potential. No, you don't. You, scoring you don't a bench Alonzo. Yeah, you never bench Alonzo ever. Yeah. Right. I mean, this guy scored two goals away to Spurs this season. Yeah. If you know, they get I a mean, free kick in his favorite position, position, you know, looking just at the right corner of the goal, you want him in that instance. And he is really good on the break too. So if you know, I mean, and, you know, City's going to be attacking that whole match, especially if they go down a goal. Uh, that guy, you know, I mean, he's just there's a very good I, to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just I would not bench Alonso in this fixture under almost any circumstances. All right, Scott Gill wants to ask us about Alexis Sanchez. Were you convinced at all about him during the West Brom match? No, uh, not at all. I mean, first of all, he's like running around screaming at his teammates. Which and the is, referee. Uh, one of his, yeah, one of his worst qualities from last season. Uh, he held on the ball way too much, wasn't passing it very often. I mean, it's just, it's the whole thing with Alexis is just depressing. It bums me out. Um, and, you know, the problem is he's just, he's so expensive too. I mean, you basically, you basically, you know, you can't have a premium striker if you bring him in. I mean, we talked about how you can, you can have the premiums and, and still have some some heavy hitters in the midfield, but Alexis can't be one of those hitters. I, I don't know. I don't know how you can have three heavy hitters and Alexis and still have a team that was that was going to get you consistent points week in week yes, out. Yes, I agree. Pass on Alexis. All right, you you had it good for too long, Josh, talking about all these expensive players. 
Back to the bargain uh, discussion. John Tolliday yeah. asks, bargain mids, are there points in Richarlson? Gross, Jesse, Chupamotang, Loftus-Cheek, Richie, Atsu. He's just rolling out all of the favorites. Um, <laughs> who would you pick? I mean, we know who you picked in your wild card squad, Joshua. Charlson finally got a, yeah. a, a, another goal this season. He came good. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's a point. I mean, Gross looked pretty decent against Newcastle. Sure. Probably should have scored. He is... He has traded the chance that led to the goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loftus Cheek also should have scored this weekend. Uh, yeah, yet again, he's got he's got to finish better. It's really it's 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 really unfortunate because he's doing so many things well. I mean, he's the only guy who's really who looks good on that team, and uh, he just he can't quite finish. I mean, he could have like three goals in the last two games if he was just a little better at finishing. And now if it looks like Crystal Palace is going to be without Christian Benteke for an extended period of time, he's got this knee injury. Um, I mean, I think the goal-scoring opportunities, I mean, I guess I haven't watched Palace enough yeah. to know how, how many ben, uh, opportunities Loftus-Cheek is getting because of Benteke's <laughs> movement. But. I guess more, we're talking about more or less for a team that hasn't scored a goal this year. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's hard to really <laughs> recommend anybody there, but uh, Loftus-Cheek seems to have great potential for it. I mean, the most remarkable thing yeah. about Loftus-Cheek is his price tag at 4.5. Exactly. I kept him in my wildcard squad because why not? I mean, at 4.5 million, I, you know, a guy who's playing in the hole, I... Even for a team that's as bad as Palace, they're not. They're, they are going to score goals eventually. I mean, we're not. We're not looking at a team that's going to score zero goals. Wouldn't over. it be remarkable if they didn't score a single goal this season? I mean, wouldn't you just? At some point, we have yeah. to start rooting for that to happen. Just we want. <laughs> yeah, we want Christian, to see history. Christian Manson actually said. He said, "How bad is Crystal Palace? The record for fewest goals scored in a season is uh, is in danger, which was uh, twenty scored by uh, Derby County in oh uh, seven oh eight. Uh, so, all right. I think we can, yeah, think it's, we can it's, make a case yeah. for a lot of these guys. But who in John's sure. list would you say stay away from? Who would I stay away from? Uh, I guess Hesse. I, he doesn't seem like I, I haven't been blown away by him. I feel like Chipamotin is is a more valuable option in that in that Spurs. Or, excuse me, in the Stoke uh, midfield. Uh, I think you can make a case for all the rest of them. I really don't know. I mean, none of them are consistent. None of them are scoring. Really, uh, you know, they're they're getting they're scoring a little bit, and they're getting some assists. I mean, I feel like Pascal Gross is maybe the best option. I I don't know. Um, Your thirty seconds Richie is up. Is, yeah. So the answer is there's there's no consistent points in any of the six million and cheaper midfielders. How's okay. that for a punt? Yeah, Chichi asks best defense to invest in at the moment. Is there a better defense right now than Manchester United? No, uh, although the fixtures do start to get worse uh, over the next few game weeks. They play Liverpool away, Chelsea away, and Spurs at home in three of the next five. It's probably Arsenal, right? Yeah, it's Arsenal for now. Um, Up to that City matchup in game week 11. Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, Southampton, right? I guess that's, we talked about uh, about them earlier. I think uh, uh, I would definitely want a Southampton defender starting in game week eight. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, Anything else? Eric? Freeman says, I see a lot of people taking hits to make an extra transfer or two or more. When do you consider a hit worth the transfer? Brandon, try to do this one in 30 seconds, even though we could probably spend an entire podcast on hit strategy. Yeah, sure. Hit strategy comes down to one simple thing. You would take a hit for a long-term move. Don't, uh, Don't ever take a hit just for one fixture because... 
you're just playing with the odds that it it uh, pans out for you, and there is at least a fifty percent chance that you'll be very disappointed that you spent four points. So spend spend the hit when it's a long term when it's a long term move. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Uh, I was really mad at the hit I took. Uh, the hit I took the week before actually kind of hastened my wild card because I felt like I just wasn't. I often feel like when I when I make a hit, I'm playing slightly um, outside of my own style. You know, I don't like if you're comfortable taking hits and you can you can ride the swings, go for it. I don't emotionally hits like put me in a bad state like going into the game week. I feel like I'm already like. You know, I don't know. I just like they destabilize me a little bit. Um, I mean, sometimes they definitely are worth it. I mean, sometimes you have injuries or you have players who are just, you know, destroying your team. Uh, they're about to drop in value or you have a red card you've got to cover for or whatever. Uh, but in general, I don't think hits are usually worth the money, especially to, especially hits for defenders. Yeah. All right. This is a good this is a good question to end on. Welsh Gunner asks, if you were to choose one city player, who would it be? So you just get you get just one. I chose just one for my wild card, and I picked Aguero, so I'll stick with that. Yeah, I think that would be the one I would go with as well. I mean, maybe David Silva, because, I mean, I'm I'm still... KDB showed, again, his true colors. For them to put five goals past Crystal Palace and KDB only, like, working on hockey assists still at this point, there was was this promise of more excitement from KDB, (laughs) and I think that that door has been firmly closed after those Palace games. So he's out, and I think think it's between David Silver and Sergio Aguero. Six goals and three assists for Aguero. That's that's argument enough for me. Brendan, let's take one last quick break, and then we'll get back to our Game Week 7 preview. Same old podcast, always shame. Game week seven, transfers planned for this week. What are you thinking, Brandon? What's your move? Uh, the move is probably to drop my uh, short-term friend, uh, Benjamin Mendy. Mm-hmm. So it look, men, the likelihood of Mendy being fit and healthy again for that Chelsea game seems likely. But uh, I have my eye on Arsenal and Chelsea defense right now, both of them. So I think I'm going to begin part one of a two-part move in moving um, Mendy and Ben Davies into Chelsea and Arsenal defense. Okay, so you're looking at, uh, you know, Monreal looks pretty good. Yeah, Monreal. So so attacking, but Monreal looked amazing in this game. Yeah, Monreal also had his his share of attacking moves, so uh, that, that is interesting to me as well. Um, it still doesn't address my Calvert-Lewin issue up front, but Everton's fixtures, they look good. And if Kuman keeps the faith in Calvert-Lewin and he keeps getting starts, then I'm just going to have to ride that for the time being. Yeah, by the way, I'm just seeing now that Bayern ended up on more bonus points than Montreal in this match, which is a complete joke. Are you kidding me? How is that even possible? Montreal is the man of the match. He was so dominant. I cannot believe the Baron ended up. What did Baron even do in that match? Uh, he had a I few mean, shots a that were. Crosses. Well, I guess he had a yeah. shot that was on target that was blocked. Yeah, stung uh, that was the palms. Thing. Yeah, that was a thing. He has like a, a cool hair thing going on. That's got to be worth something. Yeah. So I don't know what my transfer is going to be. I, 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 I actually wanted to save my transfer, but I think I may have to actually move. So I, what I would either do is play Stephen Ward away to Everton, which I'm kind of fine with uh, because I do think that 
uh, that Burnley could keep an away fixture uh, or, or keep a clean sheet away to Everton. Uh, the other move would be to just get drop Chalaba, uh, who might be injured now. And um, I don't know. I feel I kind of get a little unlucky there. So Chalaba, uh, if he turns out to be healthy, I'll just I'll just probably won't make a move and I'll just play Chalaba away uh, West Brom. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm a little undecided right now. Uh, all of my kind of heavy hitters I'm just going to keep as is. And Chubba Motin, who's kind of my – definitely like the puntiest player in my squad, uh, plays Southampton at home. So it's really a chance for me to see what I've got with him. Um, and uh, if not, he might be on the chopping Check board. Check him out. Week. See what he's got. Come on, Chupo. See We're much. all watching you, yeah, buddy. Exactly. Uh, what uh, about captains? Who are you going to captain? Yeah, so I think I'm going to captain uh, Lukaku. Uh, and you know, I'm not going to make a final captain decision until the champions league fixtures are done. Uh, we'll see. I, I still, I worried a little bit about him not starting. I think that's so insane. I think that's insane. I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to vice captain Mo Salah. I think uh, I, I do see Salah scoring a goal or doing something away to Newcastle. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I mean, Harry Kane still away. Harry Kane loves playing away from home, apparently. Yep. Um, yep. That is, you know, he's an option, but Lukaku is the runaway favorite here. He will start and he will score at least a brace against Palace. Yeah, well, I, I do think that's likely, but, you know, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, Champions League on Tuesday and Wednesday, you have five uh, Premier League teams playing on those days. So if you have not made any moves yet, please hold off on doing so. Don't get uh, Paul Pogba, everybody. Don't get Pogba, exactly. Uh, fixtures, uh, it's, it's a pretty stacked Saturday, uh, which I'm a little surprised given the, given the Champions League fixtures. I thought they might move some to Sunday. But, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, Spurs play Huddersfield. That's the morning fixture. Uh, Bournemouth-Leicester is kind of an interest, just to see where those two teams are. It's two teams that really just need to start picking up some points. Uh, Man U Crystal Palace, I think Loftus-Cheek finally gets that brace we've all been waiting for. <laughs> He's going to score against <laughs> and the, then Chelsea- the mighty Man United defense? Right. And the big the big game here is the is Chelsea Chelsea Man City. They they're they're the they're the, the, the marquee fixture of the day. Uh the, the, the baby's first birthday party will be ending and uh hopefully I'll actually get a chance to watch about eighteen minutes of this game. Yeah, I will be wiping all that uh that birthday cake frosting off of my glasses <laughs> so that I can can actually watch this game. I'm really looking yeah. forward to that game. That is going to be exciting. That is an exciting game. If Arsenal play Brighton uh, I mean, assume if the world doesn't end and Arsenal play bright, but the Arsenal Brighton game, if I had Lacazette, I would definitely consider captaining him for that game. Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, Brighton looked like organized to the extreme against Newcastle. They did. They did. They did. And Arsenal, with the, if they have a bad day, and it's like classic Arsenal to look good one half and then the next half look just like utter, utter garbage. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I think it could go either way here. I'd be a little nervous about that. Yeah, well, fair enough. Uh, I disagree. Uh, <laughs> Everton, Burnley, Newcastle, Liverpool. Uh, that Newcastle-Liverpool game should be fun. Do you remember when Newcastle had Liverpool's number for a while, back a couple years ago? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. And there's that whole Andy Carroll connection there. Uh, Carroll Gate, yeah, yeah. All right, so nailed on clean sheets for me. Uh, it would be so sad to see Crystal Palace not score again, but I think United is nailed here. Sure. Arsenal. Yeah, maybe West Brom against home home hosting Watford. 
maybe. Well, Waterford have a, have a, a real knack for scoring, though. I, I, I actually don't think West Brom keep a clean sheet in that match. Yeah. I think Everton could. I don't know who would score. Like whoever scores for Wapo will be some player I've never heard of before. But I do think, I do think they score a goal. Yeah, it, it could come down to if Jagielka is healthy or not for Everton. I think they really need a clean sheet. Um, I mean, Jagielka is not the best player or player, the player that he once was. But I think they need his bit of his leadership. But I do like Everton maybe for a clean sheet here. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair shout. Uh, all right, Brandon, that's the podcast. Uh, find us on Twitter or uh, at Hail Cheaters. That's H-A-I-L Cheaters. Uh, Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on our website, alwayscheating.com. You can email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And support the podcast on Patreon. I'm excited to announce, and I should have done this at the top of the podcast, that we have a special Patreon podcast exclusive coming up on Sunday. Uh, we have a, a very special guest, uh, which I'm really excited about. And the episode is going to be all about FPL and stats. Mm. Uh, so if you're interested in stats, uh, it's, it's the podcast for you. I think uh, this is going to be one of our... One of our, we've had a lot of great guests on the podcast. Uh, Too on, many on the today. Podcast. So I, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to rank them all here, but I, I do think it'll be a really good one. I'm looking forward to it. And whoever you are out there that just rated us five stars on iTunes, you're my new best friend. Uh, if you also want to be my best friend, go check us out on uh, the Apple Podcast Store and give us a rating if you like what you hear. We definitely appreciate that. Of course, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You will find always cheating there for you. Is that it, Josh? That's right. Uh, That's it, Brandon. Have a good weekend, and I will see you on Saturday. Happy birthday, Quinn. Happy birthday, Quinn.